Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Hello and welcome to another Arcade Attack podcast. I'm your host, Keith, and today I am excited. And it's not just because I'm on my own and I might actually get a word in edgeways. No, it's because I'm finally able to bring you Arcade Attack Sound Test Volume 2. Yes, almost two years since Volume 1. Um, it's finally here. Uh, volume 1 was recorded, I believe, in spring of 2019 which, given how this year has turned out, seems like a lifetime ago. Um, it was uh, all about Mega Drive boss music, um, if you haven't heard it. If you haven't, please go back and check it out. Um, I was quite pleased with how it turned out. Um, and it did go down fairly well. And now at the time, um, I did say that I hoped it would be a regular series. Um, and for lots of boring, behind-the-scenes reasons, that never quite materialised. However, we're here now. Volume 2. Volume 3 is in the works, um, and I've got plenty of ideas going forwards. So I'm hopeful that it can now be the regular series that I originally hoped it would be. So today, we are looking at racing games, as you can tell by the title of the podcast, specifically my life in racing games. Now, um, I mean, racing games are a huge part of video gaming anyway, but they've always been a big part of my, my gaming life. Um, from as far back as I can remember uh, on the Master System all the way up to now. Um, they might not be the main game that I'm spending the bulk of my time on. I might be playing a, I don't know, 100-hour RPG on the PS4, but I still always feel that pull to go and have a quick a quick blast of a, of a racing game, go and have a quick drive. Um, so at the moment that might be, I don't know, Gran Turismo Sport or Wreckfest or Horizon Chase Turbo. Doesn't matter what I'm playing, you know, I'll always feel that urge to go and play a racing game. Um, and the thing about racing games, uh, this has been true pretty much since the beginning, is they nearly always have really cool soundtracks. So, what we're going to be doing today is going through chronologically and looking at some of the racing games that have been kind of landmarks in my gaming life. Um, which also happens to have awesome music. We'll be starting back in the mid-80s, um, and I think the most recent game is 2006. Um, that was kind of a conscious decision. I'm still playing racing games now, but what you tend to find is that racing games have licensed soundtracks now, which can put us as a podcast on slightly dodgy ground if we were to start playing licensed tracks so that's why we're stopping in 2006 um but apart from that i think the games that the racing games that i've had that have had the biggest impact on me and that i hold dearest uh, are all before then anyway so it's a pretty it's a pretty good stopping point um and there is a little bit of logic to it as you'll see later on so let's get started um you're here to listen to the music you're not here to listen to me babylon the first track, it's probably a little predictable, but it's a classic, so I don't care. It's Outrun on the Master System. 
Uh, it was released on the Master System in 1987. Um, and of course, the music was composed by the legendary hero, Hiroshi Kawaguchi. Um, and it's the first racing game that I've got strong memories of, really. We all know and love Outrun, the Ferrari Testarossa, your blonde girlfriend beside you, the wind in your hair as you cruise alongside the beach, um, through the mountains, through the valleys, across Europe, wherever the hell it is you're supposed to be, um, racing against the clock, trying to get to that goal. Um, and this would have been the first version of it that I played or was aware of. Uh, obviously, I played the arcade game probably later. Uh, I played the Mega Drive game later on. But this this port of Outrun on the Master System is the first one I played, and it's the first racing game that I that I really remember. Um, and the thing that always sticks in my head is that kind of iconic um, screen before you get started, where you've got the hand on the dial of the radio, and you pick your tune. And and you know this is like a this is a real test of what kind of person you are. Are you a splash wave kind of guy? Are you a passing breeze person? Or maybe you're a magical sound shower man. Um, there's no wrong answer, really. I love all three of the tunes. Um, but for the, for the podcast today, I've chosen my favourite. It's my favourite in whatever version it comes in. Um, but, you know, it's the Master System sound chip really gives it a certain charm. And that is Splash Wave. So without further ado, here is Splash Wave from OutRun on the Master System. Thank you. 
such a classic. Um, it just makes you picture the palm trees, the blue sky, um, and it it does it. It's it's a bit bit bleepy and a bit bloopy on the master system, but it's still immediately recognisable and still a classic tune. So, next up, still in 1987, I'm still playing the master system, and it's Enduro Racer. Um, it's another one I've got really strong memories of. Uh, it was released on the Master System, the, the Spectrum, C64, Amstrad CPC and the Atari ST. So there's a fairly good chance you might have played it at some point, um, even though it's not quite as famous as some of Sega's other arcade races, um, your outruns and your hang-ons and the like. Um, this is one that I only became aware of recently was completely different from the arcade machine. I didn't even I don't think I even realized at the time that there was an arcade game. Um now the the home version of Enduro Racer was played from uh an isometric perspective. Uh you're on a motocross bike and you've got a time limit, you have to get to the end of the course, um jump over various obstacles, avoid um water, mud, um other races including cars that try and run you off the road. Um and it's just a, a fun little game. And it, I suppose if I was going to compare it to something else, it maybe is kind of like Excite Bike, that kind of vibe. Um, but the arcade game, uh, it had uh, an actual ride-on motocross bike, similar to the hang-on cabinet. Uh, and it was uh, another sort of super scalar racing game um, where you rode into the screen, um, just like hang-on, except this time there were obstacles and jumps um, and things like that. And uh, yeah, it's not one I've ever seen in the wild, as they say. Um, I've never come across it. I'd like to give it a go one day. Um, but yeah, it's, that's something I didn't even realise existed back in 1987. It's another one where the music is composed by Hero. Um, this is the music from the first stage. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Just a short little track, that one, um, but gives you a real f- a flavour of the game. Um, you never really hear the full 1 minute 20 seconds of it anyway, because your time limit will have been up well before then. So there's an opportunity to hear the track all the way to the end. Next, we move from the 80s into the 90s. It's 1990. 
Uh, it's Super Monaco Grand Prix. Um, another Sega arcade port. This one was quite similar to the arcade, except the home version had a world championship mode, um, so it could play a season, as opposed to sort of the one-off qualifying and race. Um, It's probably the first racing game I remember playing on the Mega Drive, um, and to be honest, I played it recently, and it still holds up pretty well. Um, I remember the original game on the Mega Drive, it came with uh, a nice poster in the box, um, which I had on the wall at the time. Uh, which was just a, another version of the cover art. Um, and I also remember the loose cart kind of hung around with me for years. Um, you know how some things just kind of follow you through life. Um, even after my first Mega Drive had been given away um, and all my games were gone, the uh, Super Monaco Grand Prix cartridge would always turn up in the drawer somewhere. Um, and I've still got it with me now. So it's kind of it's kind of like a talisman. It's a bit weird, really. Um, there you go. It was a great game. The uh, World Championship mode was pretty cool. Um, you had all your sort of made-up team names. Um, you had uh, Minardi, Bullets. Um, no, Minardi's a real one, isn't it? Was it Minare? It was very close to that, anyway. Uh, Bullets, Blanche, Firenze... Madonna, Madonna was the best team um, and uh, you could challenge the drivers of each team and if you beat them in the race you could take their place in the team and also depending on and how you do in, in the championship you might get an offer to go and race for one of the different teams um, and there was quite a lot of depth to it I remember this was one that my dad quite got into quite heavily he was big on um, Formula 1 at the time and this is probably my age but I feel like that was like the golden age of Formula One for me and probably a lot of people listening to this, um, you know, Prost and Senna uh, and then Nigel Mansell, Schumacher, Damon Hill. It was just, it was, you know, it was a great time to watch Formula One. Um, and this was a great game. And uh, the soundtrack was composed by Tokuhiko Uwabo. Um, and this track is called Concentration. And uh, it's a track that plays uh, when you there's like a screen which shows whichever team it is you're racing for shows you the racing truck, the car, the pit crew. Um, and it's, it's, it's a real earworm as well. When I was researching the music for this podcast, um, I hadn't heard it for a long time. And when I did, it was one of the things that prompted me to get on with volume two and get this out there um, because it's such a good little piece of music that's kind of tucked away on this part of the game um, and uh, yeah it really gets stuck in your head so I hope it does the same for you uh, um, and I hope you like it this is concentration from Super Monaco Grand Prix on the Mega Drive
What a great track that is. I think it was buried somewhere deep in my subconscious from 30 years ago. And uh, hearing it again recently really brought back some good memories. So I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, Moving on, we're still around 1990 somewhere. And uh, out of the four games that we've looked at so far, this is the third Yu Suzuki directed game. Uh, It's Super Hang On. The version I would have played then would have been the Mega Drive version, which was released in 1990. And uh, I remember this as being the best game on the Mega Games 1 cartridge, if you remember that compilation. Um, it was paired with Columns and World Cup Italia 90. So the competition wasn't stiff, unless you happen to really, really love Columns. Um, I'm not going to talk about Italia 90 again, because we have before. It's terrible, it's always been terrible, and will always be terrible, despite the sort of charm some of it has. Um, this particular version of Winning Run, which is the track I've chosen, is actually an arranged version, which was available on a uh, 20th anniversary CD set that Sega released in Japan. Um, it's uh, the, the arranged versions of the Super Hang On soundtrack are known as the Mickey versions, and uh, this is that's after the name of one of the composers. The uh, original composers were Katsuhiro Hayashi and Koichi Miki Namiki, um, hence the Miki version. And um, he re-recorded these full instrumental versions, and they are absolutely incredible. Uh, Every single track is brilliant. Um, I could have picked any of them for this. They are very metal, um, very fast, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're absolutely superb. If you haven't heard these versions before, I fully recommend that you go and check out the uh the whole selection it's a, it is available on spotify and on youtube um, so check those out uh, so i hope you enjoy it this is the arranged version or the mickey version of winning run from super hang on
Right, put your air guitar down. We're moving on. It's yet another Sega game, which I make absolutely no apologies for. Um, I did say this was going to be in chronological order, and it is in terms of when I played them. Um, the next game is Power Drift, of course, uh, which was released in 1988 to the arcades, but I'm fairly certain I didn't play it until the early 90s um, at the arcades on family holidays. So this is why it sort of slots in just after Super Hang On. Now, um, it's another hero, Hiroshi Kawaguchi soundtrack. Um, the whole soundtrack's great. My favourite track is Like the Wind, but we featured that before on the podcast, so I've decided to go for a different tune. I've professed my love for Power Drift many times um, on the podcast. I'm sure you've heard me go on about it before. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, arcade racer. It's probably the first real kart racing game. The arcade cabinet is just incredible. It's still so much fun. If you ever get the chance to play it, you must. Um, and if you can ever get your hands on a home version of it, do so, uh, especially the uh, the Saturn version. But I won't go on too much about the game itself because we have, have dedicated quite a bit of podcast space to that in the past. So, uh, like I say, this is probably my second favourite tune from the soundtrack. It's called Artistic Traps.
great game, great soundtrack, just pure Sega goodness. Now, we take a small break from Sega. I know, shock horror. This isn't a Sega game. No, the next track is from F-Zero. Now, this isn't a game I owned when I was younger. I didn't have a Super Nintendo, my cousin did. And uh, it's a game I remember playing a lot at his because it was one of the only games they had apart from Street Fighter 2, which I think had probably bankrupted my aunt and uncle. Um, And I just remember being completely blown away when I first saw uh, F-Zero. I think a lot of people were. You know, it was one of those games that Nintendo used to sort of promote what the SNES could do with the Mode 7 graphics. And yeah, it just looked incredible. And it played really well. Um, It was just a really fun racing game. The controls were really tight. I loved that air brake mechanic uh, with the shoulder buttons. And it was just such a shame that it was only a single-player game. If that had been a two-player game, it would have just taken it it to the next level. Um, Really loved it. Um, It's still a game I play a lot now. Uh, Obviously, it's on the SNES Mini, and I did own it when I had the Super Nintendo a few years back. Um, now, when I was putting together the music for this podcast, it was it seemed like an easy one because I thought, oh, F-Zero, that's got an amazing soundtrack. Um, and it turns out not so much. Uh, Mute City, which is the track most people will be familiar with, which is uh, from the first level. That's a really good tune. Um, and the one I've chosen is from cor- the second course, which is Big Blue. And they're both really good tracks. But then after that, it's a goes downhill a bit gets a bit wishy-washy um but these first two are the real highlights so i've gone with big blue um and this is from the f-zero soundtrack which was composed by yumiko kanki and naoto ishida
So we will go back to the Mega Drive now. Um, now this is a game that pretty much everybody loves, I think. But the soundtrack kind of divides people, I think. Divides opinion a bit. Now it's uh, Road Rash. I've gone for the first game. Obviously Road Rash 2 improved upon it in a lot of ways. But I've got the strongest memories of playing Road Rash for the first time. So I've gone with the first game. This track is called Grass Valley. And uh, it was by Rob Hubbard. Um, it was a bit of a legendary name, obviously, in video game music circles. Uh, he's mainly known, I suppose, for his work on the Commodore 64 and the Amiga. Um, but he also did a fair amount of work for Electronic Arts back in the early 90s as well. Um, I'm sure his name will come up again in future. Um, Road Rash, fantastic game. Now, the music, yeah, it's not to everyone's taste. It has that really distinctive um, early 90s EA twang. I suppose is the best way to describe it. Um, and I think most people either love it or hate it. You can kind of tell instantly that it was uh, like a Western developed game in terms of the soundtrack because it sounds so different to what Japanese composers were doing at the time. Um, but yeah, this, this track, I had a good listen to a few of them because um, some of the pieces of music from Road Rush, they kind of go on for a while and they don't really go anywhere. Uh, but this one, Grass Valley, it's a bit shorter. Um, and if you can get past that sort of twangy sound that some people really don't appreciate, then there's, there's quite a good little tune in there.
Great stuff. So now we are moving into 1992. And one of the games that probably had the biggest impact on me when I first saw it in the arcades, um, and that is Virtua Racing. Now, we've talked about it before on the podcast. Here in Croydon, we had uh, Sega World Arcade, which was in the top floor of uh, Debenhams, rest in peace, department store. And uh, they had... In my mind, it was an eight-player virtual racing cabinet, but I'm not even sure if they were made that big. So it might have just been a four-player one. But obviously, your memory does play tricks on you. Um, But the full-size, or you know what felt like full-size Formula One cars, the huge screens, the lights, the noise, the music, um, and then, of course, the graphics. We just hadn't seen anything like it. Um, And, yeah, it, it... it was one of those kind of landmark moments in terms of, of gaming, really, um, and where we were going, where we were heading with sort of 3D polygon games um, and racing games in general. Um, now, funnily enough, a lot of the soundtrack, apart from the really familiar kind of menu screen music, is sort of small pieces of incidental music that ha- that play during races. There isn't actually... Um, tracks that played during the races so the piece of music i've chosen here is actually from the course select screen it's kind of a chilled kind of rocking piece of music um it was composed by takanobu mitsuyoshi who is another hero of mine um, whose name will of course appear slightly later in this podcast um it's not too long this track uh, but you know it's very cool and you can kind of picture yourself getting ready for another exciting race against your mates in the arcade on virtual racing.
Okay, so this next track, it's one that I kind of umdenard over including in the podcast. I suppose musically, if this was an album that I was putting together, this might be considered to be filler. Um, but I really wanted to talk about the game because it kind of... It's one I remember fondly from a certain time. Um, so I'm going to include it anyway. Uh, it's certainly not as legendary as Virtua Racing. Um, it's Street Racer. And uh, this is the Mega Drive version, um, which was it was very different from the Super Nintendo version. The Mega Drive version played like... I mean, it, it, thematically, it was supposed to be a kart racer, but the tracks were... Um, in an outrun style, if you like. So a sort of sprite scaling style where you're racing into the screen. Um, the Super Nintendo version, obviously with the, the power of Mode 7, played a lot more like Mario Kart in terms of the way the track moved. Um, so it felt more like a proper kart racer. Um, it's, it was a game that had mixed reviews. Um, it was one I remember fondly. I got it for my birthday in the summer of 1995. And spent quite a lot, quite a lot of time playing it. It was, uh, you know, these were the sort of the last few months with my Mega Drive before we got a Saturn. So I suppose you know I had this kind of Indian summer playing Street Racer in 1995. Um, yeah, it's kind of a quirky little game. Um, it had a lot of unfortunate sort of racial stereotype characters. So you had the uh, the Middle Eastern guy with the turban and the flying carpet. You had the German who was like the Red Baron um, and uh, the Japanese sumo and uh, the greasy Italian driving a Ferrari, um, along with the sort of Frankenstein ripoff character, Frank, who had the coolest stage music and car. Um, there was, uh, it was, it was a lot to like about it. It had, it had a certain charm. Um, and uh, there was also a, a car football mode, which because of the... Um, the viewpoint was quite awkward, but it could also be quite fun. Um, so I remember playing quite a bit of that as well. It's a good game. The soundtrack's not outstanding. Um, this is my favourite track. Obviously, being Frank's course, uh, it's got that kind of, I don't know, Munsters, Adams Family type vibe going on. Um, it's just a fun little track, and, and I wanted to include it just so I could mention this game. Um, the Mega Drive version was composed by Matt Furness. Um, and interestingly, um, the Super Nintendo music was done by another UK video game music legend in Alistair Brimble, um, who is obviously, again, more more well known for his Amiga work uh, and a name that will no doubt come up again in future. So this is Frank's course from the Mega Drive version of Street Racer from 1995.
So we're moving into 1995, 1996. One of my favourite racing games of all time. Um, one of the greatest racing games of all time. Uh, obviously, the arcade machine was legendary, um, and I did play it earlier than 1995. But this version is the version that has the best soundtrack. It's Daytona USA. It's the Sega Saturn version. Um, the reason I've chosen it is because the Saturn soundtrack was re-recorded with real instruments, and it's got a real like definition and punch that the arcade music didn't have, um, and that was due to the limitations of the arcade board. It was obviously composed by Takanobu Mitsuyoshi, who also recorded the vocals for these tracks. Um, uh, I could have chosen any track. Um, Sky High is probably my favourite, but this particular one is The King of Speed, which is obviously the track from the 3-7 Speedway. And it just as soon as you hear it, um, that shout at the beginning, it just conjures up that magical feeling of flying around the 3-7 Speedway, um, just trying to shave the milliseconds off your lap time. Uh, just pure bliss, you know, for all its sort of graphical limitations, the, the Saturn version of Daytona USA is still so much fun. I absolutely love it. Um, I remember I had this track. It was on a, a sampler CD that came with um, the official Sega Saturn magazine at the time. So I, I sort of used to blast it out a lot back then as well. Um, fantastic game. Can't say enough good things about it. Um, the soundtrack, I suppose, it could be perceived as being cheesy by some people. But me personally, I love it. It just it gives you that amazing sort of Sega blue sky feeling um, and it never fails to make me smile. So enjoy. This is the Sega Saturn version of the King of Speed from Daytona USA.
amazing game, amazing soundtrack. Um, I hope that put a smile on your face. Uh, it certainly did for me. Um, and I'm going to try and keep that going now. The next track is another Sega arcade game, or another conversion of a Sega arcade game. It's the Saturn version of Sega Rally, which was released in 1995. The music for the arcade game was composed by Takanobu Mitsuyoshi, uh, while the Sega Saturn port soundtrack consisted of a combination of newly composed music by Naofumi Hayataya, uh, and arrangements of the arcade originals, which were arranged and produced by Takayuki Hijikata. Um, this soundtrack is absolutely fantastic for driving to. Um, and I actually keep a copy of the game in my car to listen to. Um, this track rocks really hard. Um, and it's it's just got some amazing sort of synth work and guitar work in it. And it really, really builds and builds and builds towards the end. So I absolutely love it. But there were too many good tracks on this soundtrack to only include one special mention must go to the wonderfully named my dear friend rally which is kind of a duran duran-esque track which has absolutely got takanobu mitsuyoshi's fingerprints all over it um so i thought you know what i'm going to play both we're going to go with conditioned reflex first um, and then that will be followed by my dear friend rally
superb stuff there from Sega Rally. Right, we are now in 1996, and we are talking about, um, well, it is an iconic game. It's probably the game that helped launch the PlayStation, really, uh, and that's Wipeout. Now, I didn't have a PlayStation at this point, um, so I would have played this probably on my mate's PS1, and um, it was the first game I really remember seeing on PlayStation, and it was it was just exciting at the time. Um, people got really into it. Uh, I remember, I don't know how true this is, but there is a story that um, as part of the promotion for the PlayStation, Sony would have PlayStation units in nightclubs uh, like Ministry of Sound and places like that, and Wipeout would be the game that, that would be in there. Um, it's, uh, it's quite well remembered for the licensed soundtrack, and it had contributions by Orbital, Left Field and even the Chemical Brothers. Um, but the the track I'm going to play here and a lot of the, the tracks from the original game were by Cold Storage. Um, and this is a, a Welshman, uh, Tim Wright. Um, and I think it's fair to say that he probably provided the standout tracks for this original game. And uh, this one is Cold Comfort. And um, yeah, the future is here.
The word iconic gets thrown around a lot these days, but I think that probably qualifies. It's one of those that instantly sort of brings back those images in your head of, of Wipeout um, and the anti-grav racing. Um, and it's just got that mid-90s drum and bass sound that still sounds, to me, still sounds really fresh and exciting. Um, yeah, it's really good stuff. Um, check out the rest of the, the cold storage tracks on the soundtrack. They are really, really good. Okay, 1997 now. This is a game that was released in the arcade in 1995, uh, and it's Manx TT Superbike. Um, it's come in here at ni- in 1997 because that's when the Saturn version was released, which was the version I owned. Um, and uh, I've got great memories of, of actually racing my dad on the arcade game. Uh, we were both really into bikes, so it was really it was really exciting to to play that arcade game head to head. And obviously, it was exciting when it came onto the Saturn as well. Now, um, Sega didn't actually do the port. It was done by a company called Tantalus, and they did a really good job. Um, it is a bare-bones arcade game. There isn't a lot of depth there. You've got two tracks um, and then the mirror versions of the two tracks. So it is pure arcade, which at the time when you're spending 30 £40 pounds on a brand-new game, smarts a little. Um, but now it's quite affordable um, if you're collecting for the Saturn um, and I definitely recommend picking it up. What little music there is is really, really good. Um, the tracks are too short and they finish and restart right in the middle of a race, which is strange. They're good tunes um, and uh, this is by Howard, is spelt Drossin, could be Drossan, I'm not sure if it's a French name um, and this is the, the music from the Saturn version of Manx TT Superbike. KD goodness from Sega. Now, it's 1999. I have just got my own PlayStation 1. 
And one of the games I got with it when I finally got round to buying one with my own money was Gran Turismo 2. And the Gran Turismo series, possibly like a lot of people, it was my first foray into racing sims. I'd previously only really played arcade games before that. And um, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I still play Gran Turismo games today. I've recently got into GT Sport on the PS4, um, which if you haven't played it, um, it's worth checking out just for the VR mode, which is it's, it's mind-blowing, really. It really is. But yeah, Gran Turismo, we all know what it's about. You go through your different licenses. You've got all the world's biggest car manufacturers. Um, and there, there was just so much depth there. And uh, yeah, obviously, it's just become a huge series. And um, I think it's going to continue long into the future. They've already teased the new version for the PS5. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, and this tune is by Masahiro Ando and Isamu Ohira. And this is the, it's just the arcade mode theme. And uh, this tune or a version of it has become a staple of the series. I think it's featured in some form or another in in every game. Um, So, yep, this is the arcade mode theme from Gran Turismo 2. Enjoy. kind of jazzy chilled out vibe there than some of the more full-on sort of high octane arcade racer stuff we've had earlier but still you know it's again i don't want to say it but iconic the next game on the list that we're going to talk about now this this put me in quite a, a quandary a conundrum if you will burnout three takedown It's one of my favourite racing games of all time. It's one of my favourite PlayStation 2 games of all time. It's an arcade attack favourite and one we will cover uh, in depth at some point. However, 
it has got a fully licensed soundtrack. There was a lot of well-known bands on it. Um, it came out in 2004, which coincided with the probably the height of emo, uh, which is unfortunate. And you wouldn't necessarily have thought emo bands would have would have uh, been appropriate for a racing game. But there's some really good tracks on there. I'm not a fan personally, but My Chemical Romance featured on the soundtrack. I am a fan of Jimmy Eat World. They were on there too. The track I've decided to feature, um, and hopefully won't get us sued or taken off the, the YouTubes and the Spotify's, um, is by a band called Moments in Grace. The track's called Broken Promises. Um, and for me, it was a real highlight of the game um, and a real highlight from a band who, as far as I can see from looking online, didn't really do much else. Um, so I hope we'll be allowed to include this. And I hope you enjoy it, despite its kind of slightly emo tendencies. Um, I think it's a really good track. So this is Broken Promises by Moments in Grace from Burnout 3 Takedown.
I actually really love that track. Um, not sure why. Can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, really good though. Uh, it's a shame they didn't do more. Um, yeah, let me know what you thought of that one. It's obviously a bit bit different from from what we featured in terms of original video game music, but uh, it's a good one nonetheless. Um, we're coming to the end. We've only got two tracks left. I said we'd end in 2006, which we will. Um, but before then, we've got another game from Polyphony Digital, and it's Tourist Trophy, which came out on the PlayStation 2 in 2005. Now, in 2005, I had finally left home, uh, bought a flat, and done something that I'd wanted to do since I was a teenager, and that was learn to ride a motorbike. Um, so I was heavily, heavily into bikes at this point, uh, MotoGP, um, riding myself. And this basically was Gran Turismo on two wheels. Um, and it's the, it was the game for me. You know, I loved what they'd done with the Gran Turismo games. And so to have a bike version, um, again, with all the manufacturers there, and, and also the familiar Gran Turismo courses like Trial Mountain, uh, was just fantastic. I've actually still got the memory card from back then with my, my save game on and my progress and my full garage of bikes and, and I still play it to this day um, I would give anything for a sequel I mean it's been 15 years so I don't hold out much hope obviously bikes are a bit more niche compared to cars um, and obviously polyphony they go all out for that that realism so it wouldn't be like a small undertaking to to do a bikes version but um, you know, the, the hope is there, um, especially as the ride games, if anyone's played those, I was really excited to play the ride games on PS4, um, but they've been a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. Uh, the best uh, sort of motorbike racing I found so far on PS4 was the, the Drive Club Bikes expansion, which if you've got Drive Club, I highly recommend. Um, that's really, really good. So this is the, it's another chilled out track, a bit like the Gran Turismo tune. Um, it's the TT mode menu music and it's by Sun Paolo and Makoto and uh, I hope you enjoy.
Now, the Outrun, the original Outrun 2 arcade machine was released in 2003, um, but this console version didn't come out until 2006. Um, if you haven't played Outrun 2 in any of its forms, it is one of the best racing games of all time. Um, now, unfortunately, I didn't play it until years later. Uh, again, this, this kind of period of my gaming life, I was playing Tourist Trophy, I was playing Pro Evolution Soccer, um, and a bit of Burnout. Uh, but for whatever reason, this passed me by, possibly because I hadn't played the arcade game. Because uh, e- even by 2004, 5, 6, the arcade scene was you know, fading away. The original arcade game was only released on Xbox. Um, so in 2006, Outrun 2, it was actually called, sorry, Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast. And it featured the content from Outrun 2 SP as well as the original arcade, um, along with more modes, cars and unlockables. Now, Hiroshi Kawaguchi, Fumio Ito and Richard Jack are all credited um, on the soundtrack. Um, I imagine Heroes on there because there are reworked versions of Splash Wave, Magical Sound Shower and Passing Breeze. Um, but So I'm not entirely sure uh, who composed the new tracks. There are some, there's a few new compositions. The vocal tracks are a little bit iffy, um, but they're kind of charming in a similar way to the Sonic R soundtrack. Um, and that was composed by Richard Jack, so I assume he probably had a hand in in the vocal tracks. You can also actually unlock the original 1986 versions of uh, the original tunes with the in-game currency, which is Miles. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, I, I, I wanted to play, obviously, one of the, the new tracks, because like I said at the beginning, we've all heard, as good as they are, we've all heard Passing Breeze, Magical Sound Shower. Um, and Splash Wave a million times. So I thought I'd I'd give one of the new tracks an airing. Um, This is my favourite of them. It's called Risky Ride. Uh, It's an instrumental, you know, guitar rock. Um, And it kind of, I think it captures the outrun spirit. It does go with the game. Is it as good as the classic tracks? Not for me. Um, But it is really good. Um, And it does does give you that outrun feel. So that's why I've gone with that one. Um, So I'm going to play that in just a second. But before I do... Uh, I just wanted to say thank you again for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed this little journey through my my gaming life. There will be more to come. Volume 3 is in the works. Please let us know if you've enjoyed this one. Um, And again, if you've got any either suggestions or requests for these uh, sound test podcasts, please let us know. Um, And in the meantime, take care and we'll speak to you soon.